Let's talk wellness, ladies. I know some of you love yourself. A new wellness brand, something to hop on, and let me tell you about Fleur Marche. They deliver simple, quality, and affordable wellness solutions. Founded by women and inspired by the female dreamers, hustlers, and activists on the front lines of change, their mission is to help you feel 100% every single day with fun and easy-to-understand plant-powered wellness products. Their plant-based wellness patches deliver ingredients topically. These ingredients are then absorbed into the skin and into the bloodstream. You just stick it right on your skin. They're vegan, cruelty-free, latex-free, tested for pesticides, herbicides, and other contaminants before and after production. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for the Alexi listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code LEXI at checkout. Orders over $50 get free shipping. Go to F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com and use code LEXI for 20% off your first order. Okay, I'm going to get a little sad girl for a second. But Mother's Day is around the corner. And if your mother is still in your life, a really unique gift that you could get is my life in a book. How it works is that every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or custom questions that you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And my life in a book compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. And then they can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. So it's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Woo! If you're interested, check out mylifeinabook.com and use code Lexi at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's M-Y-L-I-F-E-I-N-A-B-O-O-K.com and use code Lexi for 10% off today. Things have been difficult for many of us, but with Cerebral, high-quality mental health care is accessible and affordable. Cerebral provides therapy, counseling, coaching, and medication management all online, so you can get mental health care from the comfort of your own home. For listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month at Cerebral.com wellness. Again, that's Cerebral.com wellness for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral's mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hi, everyone. I'm Lexi Lombard, the host of the At Lexi podcast. And today I would like to discuss mystery versus truth, mystery versus honesty. And let me back up and give you the story of where this thought process began. A few days ago, for whatever reason, a couple of friends and I, we were watching Reputation, the performance, the concert at in Dallas, Taylor Swift's Reputation concert in Dallas, which was an entire stadium tour. She only went to stadiums, which first of all, that's incredibly impressive. I would be terrified to do that imagine hundreds of thousands of people all there I mean she seems like she can handle it clearly she was born to be a pop star however I was blown away by her mystique I was blown away by her confidence her power and a lot of her power is sourced from her mystery we we see her everywhere but we don't know her very well we know she's dated all of these people but we don't know the details of her relationship besides what she explains in her songs and even still that's that's storytelling so it's only a piece of it we don't get to see the day-to-day we don't know that 
someone else like Angelina Jolie, total mystique to her, total mystery of what is she doing? How, how is she stunning? Like, is this natural? Does she put in work? Also, she's so charitable and, and worldly and cultured, but she's also kind of a freak. You know, we want to know about her because of this, this elusiveness. So there's intrigue. And I run this podcast and I also have a vlog channel as well as an Instagram and a TikTok and a Twitter. I guess I'm on five different platforms at this point. And I do the complete opposite, right? I'm here sharing a moment with you and you are 100% getting to know all of the details for this moment. And I will get into later in this episode how I maintain a sense of privacy and pieces of myself um, just as tips. However, when I was watching this show, watching this performance, I thought to myself, oh my god, I'm the complete opposite. I'm doing it all wrong. I'm, I'm sharing everything. You need to keep things to yourself or else no one's going to care. And, and it's been days and I was brushing my teeth a few moments ago and I recalled an incident that happened yesterday and it completely counteracted my my idea from a few days ago of needing to garner mystery and that is me getting off the train yesterday walking back to my apartment and I run into a follower and I I saw her and she said that she listened to my podcast and she asked me how I was doing and I got to say like I'm hanging in there I don't even really remember the interaction I was exhausted I was coming back from the gym and I was so tired but I got to have an honest exchange And we hear celebrities talk about when people ask for a photo on a rough day and they have to put on a performance. Because I'm always myself in whatever side that is of me, whatever side is showing that day, I never have ever felt like I needed to put on a performance when meeting a follower. And I get so excited about that. If I'm hammered at a party and I run into a follower it's fine for two reasons one they're probably also hammered and they're at the same party so it's like are they going to judge me they're doing the exact same thing second of all it's it's fine um wait that's that didn't really make sense second of all it's fine um let me retract for a second okay if I meet them out at a party okay that's fine if I meet them at the library great what that's base level I have different interests so do we all However, on my vlogs, if I'm in a really excitable mood, that's shown. If I'm sad, that's shown. If I'm angry, frustrated, that's shown. So when I meet someone, if they're actually someone that's been following for a while, they will have seen these sides of me and they don't only know one dimension. So I can be multidimensional and if I run into someone while I'm having a bad day, and they're like, hi, so good to meet you. Like, I've always wanted to meet you, whatever. And this happens like once a week. Don't think that I'm getting run into on a daily basis by any means. But if I'm feeling frustrated, I can be like, oh, such a bad day. Like, I am not having it. And they'll understand because they've seen it before. It's not unfamiliar. Whereas when I have someone built up as this idea in my head because I'm creating the details that they're lacking to share with the public... I'm either going to A, not get what I anticipated, or B, I'll be disappointed because my imagination is wild, let me tell you, so I'm going to create something way more impressive than any human is ever capable of. And I make that mistake a lot when I meet someone that I don't know anything about, I'll start to make up the gaps, and I create them to be a much more interesting person than they ever will be, and I think that actually does a detriment to both me, but also them, because they're just a disappointment now in my head. When... 
in reality, if I just only thought about what they told me and then moved on about <laughs> my life and didn't try to make up the rest of the pieces, <sighs> such an interesting concept. But I really enjoy the fact that I had a brief pause to think about changing my ways. And a few days later, I came to the conclusion, no, I like what I'm doing. It's working for me. I think it's really nice that I can just be whoever I am at that moment. And it's fine because it's not a surprise, you know? Now, I mentioned a few moments ago that I do have a method to feeling like I have a sense of privacy. It's not even a feeling. It's actually getting a sense of privacy and making sure that I have a personal life outside of the internet. And the approach that I see a lot of other content creators online use is they'll pick a category to keep off limits from the internet. They won't share their family or they won't share their relationships or they won't share their friendships or they won't show their bedroom, um, something along the lines of that. I don't feel particularly um, passionate about keeping a particular category off limits. What I do is at random, I'll choose times to share and times not to share. So some weekends, the vlog gets to see. Other weekends, the vlog doesn't. Some months, I mean, I've never vlogged at this rate in my entire life, but we'll say like 2020 and 2021, the public got to see. There's a public access to that, but I can see myself taking six months off and only creating topic-specific videos. I've done that in the past where you get not necessarily Easter eggs, but moments that are completely yours to have, yours, mine to share with you. And then other times I want to keep it to myself. And there's no rhyme or reason. It's more just I'm in the mood to share or I'm in the mood to live my life and keep the camera at home. And I don't feel any reservations about sharing anything in particular, but I like to have separation some days, some months, etc. Now, I do have this little trick that I've found personal enjoyment in. And that is, if something funny happens, if there's a story that I want to tell, if I tell the vlog, I don't tell friends or family. Now, if I'm like texting someone, a friend, family member, a guy, whatever, and something happens and I wanna share the story, if I tell them, the vlog doesn't get to hear. So people in my life still get to feel like they have these special moments that are just something that I shared with them and no one else knows. I love secrets. I love small moments. I love intimacy and I like to create intimacy on my podcast. I like to have intimacy with the vlog, but I also like to have intimacy with, you know, my personal relationships as well. And the way that I've maintained that is by allowing the moments that I share with them to not make it onto the vlog. And, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So what I'm saying, I think it's pretty clear that I will try not to repeat so people in my life that hear something from me feel it feels special, you know, because that's the beauty of relationships that you get to have things that no one else has. I don't want the internet to get to hear everything and then the people in my personal life get the same treatment. No, if you know me in real life, you get to have a level up. I mean, like best friendships are, don't get me wrong, the vlog is one of my greatest relationships. However, you know, my best friends and my family they're, I gotta say, they're the step up, as they should be. We should all create and cultivate stronger relationships outside of the internet than on the internet. And I am so pro-internet. I love it. I've created such good friendships from it. However, I know that 
the current youth is definitely finding more enjoyment on the internet. A lot of the time, they feel more understood, more connected, etc., which is understandable, but try to create that intimacy in the physical world as well. It's crucial. I just posted on Instagram asking for questions, and while we wait, I was reflecting on what the 10 minutes that I've spoken on so far, and secrets are truly one of the most beautiful things in life, um, as long as they're relatively well I don't know knowing dirty secrets is also just as exciting but something as simple as a night that's not documented anywhere the memories only exist within the few people that were there to experience them is a beautiful thing as much as I love sharing small moments small private moments are just as special in its own way but I will say if you learn anything, if you take anything away from this, as long as it's not putting the person in danger, you know, as long as it's not, use your own discretion. But if someone tells you not to tell anyone, don't tell anyone. And how fun is that when someone tells you something and you're the only one that knows? <laughs> There's joy to that. We're gonna start with questions because I'm a little bit rusty and you guys are geniuses. So, Emma Dawson, asked favorite song on sour my first favorite song on olivia rodrigo's album was brutal i love the vibes i love how angsty it is i'm all here for the pop punk moment that has arrived back in popular music totally here for it so brutal was my first favorite song as i've been listening to it lyrically i think happier is really beautiful and well put because it's a truth that a lot of us feel like yeah I hope you moved on because I don't, I don't really like need to be with you but I just hope that whatever we had is somehow more special but the sound of jealousy jealousy I have played that song 50 times so I don't necessarily feel the lyrics on any personal level but oh, it's it's for lack of a better term a vibe <laughs> funny username acid wash mom jeans asked how to stay focused on your goals when the mental health is low. After years of having lows, you get used to them and you start to recognize the habits that come out during times of low mental health and you get quicker about finding strategies to counteract them. And as of lately, I've really channeled a lot of my, I don't know what to call it because my mental health is, situation specific at the moment it's all basically stemming from the loss of my mother it's really not coming from any random place or just general low dopamine low serotonin etc like a chemical imbalance it's definitely directed from a specific identifiable source but I've been able to channel that into my work as well as my fitness and that has been really really positive for me because even on days where I don't feel great. I know that I feel better than I would if I wasn't doing those things. I feel really on top of my my calendar and I feel really connected with my body right now, which I think is a really beautiful thing that whenever I stop working out for a while, it doesn't need to be anything particularly intense. Lately, my schedule has been three times during the work week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then throughout the rest of the week, I'll do little YouTube workouts, little stretches while I'm watching TV, long walks, things like that. 
but it feels really good to be in touch with your body. So uh, the way I stay focused is almost as a, a source of distraction, but a positive one. And then when I am feeling a moment, I discussed this on a recent vlog, when a moment comes, when you feel overwhelmed by anxiety or you need to get into bed because you feel absolutely nothing, honor that. And if you allow yourself to honor it, you may be surprised by how short the moment lasts. If you're feeling particularly depressive and you say, you know what, fine, we'll get into bed. We'll spend the whole day in bed and you allow yourself to do that. Sometimes it only takes like a couple of hours and then you're like, all right, well, I did what I needed to do and I can actually muster up some energy to go out and finish my day. Granted, there are some times, unfortunately, in life that we do have to push through, but if you're able to recognize the difference between when you're being a little, um, I don't want to use the wrong word, um, like recognize the difference of when you're just being lazy and when you actually need to help yourself out, because if you use you know, low mental health as an excuse too often. Sometimes it downplays when you really do need a mental health day, for example. So to, to review what my answer was of how to stay focused on your goals when your mental health is low is to channel your goals into a source of distraction for your low mental health and B, if your mental health has become overwhelming, to honor it and let that, let that, healing come before you move on because that's got to be a huge priority mental health massive priority Kay wilson asked how to find your personal style upgrade your wardrobe uh, how to find your personal style i know that there has to be a formula i know there has to be concrete answers but how do you not go into a store and you're like i like that a lot and i think that would look good on me because i think my answer feels a bit obtuse I'm just like, I, I don't know, I like what I like, but I will watch, you know, movies, honestly, just walking down the street, New York has such good inspo, in, I started to say inspiration and inspo at the same time, and it sounded like uh, inspo in an Australian accent, anyway, I get inspo from people on the street, but just seeing things doesn't even have to be clothing necessarily, and you're like, oh, I love that color. I'm going to find that or I'm going to wear that. I don't seem to have an answer, do I? Uh, mm, next. <laughs> Nikki June asked, what's one of your life's simple joys? The Muji .38 pen on thin paper. God, it does something to me. It is such a simple joy. Kay Wilson also asked, best ways to stay motivated. Love you. Hope you're well. If she's the same girl, no, she asked about style, right? Yeah. Sorry, girl. I can give you a better answer for this one. Best ways to stay motivated? Organization. I'm a little ADHD gal. Technically ADD. I don't really have the hyperactiveness in me. Uh, the hyperactivity in me, shall we say. And I know it's chuggy. I know it's corny. I know it's cringy to have your to-do list, to have your planner. Guys, this is humiliating, I'll tell you. Only Emily knows this. I, for years, on the low, used a Lily Pulitzer planner. I did, straight up. <laughs> and it kept me so organized. You have to write it out. Don't think that you can keep it in your brain. All of you who think that you can keep it in your brain are lying to yourself because you're forgetting so much more. Because even what you can keep in your brain 
if you take the nonsense stuff like the very easy stuff and put that on paper then you can use your brain for better things and guys get yourself a planner or get yourself a notebook next question Valeria B. Bayes asked, how often do you actually find serenity? And when you do, what are your steps for success? Okay, this question feels a bit divided. They don't feel related. How often do you actually find serenity? And when you do, what are your steps for success? For success in finding serenity? Or shall we answer this as two questions? How often do I actually find serenity? Do you ever find serenity and exhaustion? Because I find that for myself when I have a really busy day and I finally get to get home and I take off my shoes and I lie down and my phone is probably still in my bag or at the entrance and my coat's off and, and my shoes are off and I'm sitting on the couch and I just exhale. That's a moment of serenity where my my day is done and time is now mine. My time is now free. That feels really good. Breathing, a little underrated, I'd say. I don't know how to explain this, but for probably 24 years of my life, did I not really breathe? <laughs> Maybe as a child, it's hard to remember that far back, but really, I didn't breathe. I, I've, um, in the past year and a half, ever since trying random little Pilates workouts on YouTube, to be honest, that's where it began, and realizing that to get the muscles to work, you need to breathe into them. And when you're stretching, breathe during the stretches, it changes everything. And now in moments of stress, I can actually find serenity in simply breathing and it's completely free to all of us. We can all do it. So try that. And then what are my steps for success? Let's just go ahead and say that you're asking for how to find success in serenity exhaustion and breathing. <laughs> I love answering questions because the way that my brain works, that'll be my answer today. But if someone asks me that question in two days, there's a 50% chance I will have a new answer. Samya asks, what are some of your favorite things to do in Virginia? I love to see my friends and my family. That is not really a tourist attraction. If you're in Warrington, Virginia, for whatever reason, Go get ice cream at either Carousel or Effie's. Carousel, environmentally speaking, is a lot cuter. I'm starting to think that Effie's may have better soft serve. I feel like a fake fan of Carousel for saying that, but it's really good. Also, if you're ever in Middleburg, Virginia, I think that's one of the most beautiful places in Virginia. It's horse country. I was fortunate enough to go to a day camp there for many years of my youth, and I go back and visit, and I get to see horses, and it's, it's really lovely. Next question, Ella Alvarez underscore asked, how to build solid friendships, how to know when to let them go. I feel qualified to answer this question because I have incredible friendships. I've managed to cultivate really solid friendships in my life of loyal, honest, fun-loving, and exciting, sincere friendships. And that, I think, is all about baby steps. There is no rush. There is no need to find someone and make them your number one as quickly as possible. Not smart, easy come, easy go, right? Like the friends who have this huge <laughs> priority in your life immediately oftentimes fade away just as fast as they came. So really getting to know each other and supporting each other, I think one of the easiest ways to get a good friend is to be a good friend. And how to know when to let them go. 
easiest thing, I'm sure you've heard this before, this is not original advice, but take note of how you feel when you leave hanging out with someone. If you feel better, if you feel energized, if you feel confident, they're clearly having a positive impact on your life. If you consistently feel drained, irritated, frustrated, misunderstood, that's a huge thing. I know a lot of people who have grown up in a town and have left their town and then come back. If you've changed, sometimes there's friends from your past that don't accept the new you and don't like that you've grown and try to bring you back down and that can either be a projection of them not feeling great about themselves or it can just be a projection of them missing what they used to have and feel like you're not the same anymore and now they have a missing piece into what they believed was one of their stronger friendships that's not your problem not your not what's the saying not my circus not my monkeys it's a stupid saying whatever we said it and I've definitely had a couple friends not many in my life that I did have to just distance myself from because they weren't serving me in any sort of way and if anything they were bringing me down and a note that I do want to take a bit of a side tangent on is a lot of times we talk about fair weather friends friends that are only around for your successes and your good times but what I don't think we discuss is how frequently there are misery loves company friends I definitely know people when something good happens to me I had a friend back in high school she was one of my best friends that whenever something good would happen to me her response was fuck you of course that would happen to you like classic Lexi like getting everything she wants and what a way to make someone feel so unexcited about something that they were excited about two seconds ago because now a you've discredited anything that I've done put on my own to get this and b what a bummer you are and second of all when friends you're you're having a moment where times are tough a lot of times people love to help out. It, it boosts them and then they get the high from knowing that they're helping you and they're, they're bringing value. But as soon as you're better and they're not at that higher level, they, they're frustrated. They don't, they don't want to be a part of it. They're not going to respond. So sometimes I've said good news and I get an angry response and sometimes I just get ignored. And you don't need that. You want support. And same thing, same thing goes. I think we should support people in their highs and their lows. Life by Sika asks, how have you created and developed such an amazing online community? Oh, I wish it wasn't online though, right? Don't you wish that we could hang out at Central Park or Prospect Park or something? I need to do another meetup. It needs to happen. We need a poetry picnic. We need a, an open mic. We need, we need something, right? We need a workshop. I don't know, uh, but how have I created it? In my brief evaluation earlier this week of knowing that the moments that you get to see are true moments, it's not calculated. I'm not strategically sharing something and, and strategically avoiding another topic. If I'm opening up to you on this beautiful Wednesday in my Brooklyn apartment at 9.06 p.m., where no one's here, it stormed earlier, it was a beautiful sunny day, like you get to know that, I'll set the scene, you get to be here, you get to have that, and I think the sincerity and just the the, the lack of, I don't want to call it lack of strategy because it's not like I completely wing everything I do, but the idea that it's not 
there's nothing calculated going on. We're just hanging out. And I think that that has really worked in my favor and in the listeners' favors as well. I'm so happy to have you here. And I think that's the answer, at least for right now. Ooh, I like this question because I struggle with this too. Sophia.Claremont asked, how do you get out of the way? How do you get out of your own way and do the thing? Remember, once you do it for the first time, you can do it again. All you have to do is, is try it once, whatever that is. Maybe you want to go up to a guy and give him your number. Maybe you want to cold pitch an idea to a brand. Maybe you want to reach out to a particular boss at a company that you'd like to work for or get invited to an event, something along the lines of that. You have to do it with no expectations because that way you'll avoid disappointment and then (laughs) find an immediate distraction. So send that email, go up, give your number and then dip out and do something else that you're not thinking about. And if you get a no, do it again. But at least you'll know that you didn't die. (laughs) Whatever you did, you were able to survive it. What's that other cliche? You've survived 100% of your bad days. You know, if you made it this far, (laughs) do it again because we hear all those other stories of, of writers who sent in their book idea I don't know. They always get larger and larger, like 38 times. I sent my book to 52 publishers. I sent my book to 183 publishers. It's always just like that much more exaggerated. But then eventually you get a yes. And I think a a lot of other people ask this question in relation to moving out of their, wherever they were born, wherever they were when they graduated high school or college. Like how do they go far? You can do it. A lot of people either are so afraid to do it because they don't know anyone, they're not friends with anyone, they don't have any reason to go there besides some strange desire in your soul, which, okay, you should listen to that. If you have a a little desire in your soul, don't you owe it to your soul to follow that? Uh, But on the more logical side, if you do it and stick it out for a year, inevitably you're going to create a bit of a life for yourself, wherever that is, and you will realize how... How can I explain this? Because all of my friends who have done this as well agree with me. When I moved to Los Angeles, which was way farther than New York, um, you know, I had other friends who wanted to move to California as well, but they were afraid to. But all the friends that I had met who have also moved out of their towns to California were like, I wish people understood that it wasn't as big of a deal as they think. Like, it is, it is exciting and it's cool to live somewhere else and to follow a dream, but it's not as scary as you think. I promise. It is not as scary as you think. So how to do it, do it with no expectation, and you'll realize that it's not that big of a deal. Aaliyah Maria Brown asked, do you see yourself moving to LA anytime soon? Well, unfortunately, no. I see myself visiting again. When I was out there the most recent time in March, I definitely was considering how to manufacture a bi-coastal lifestyle for myself, but now that my mom's not around and my entire family resides on the east coast family's become a huge priority to me and i don't want to be that far especially not from my dad right now yeah so not it's not in the cards for me yet Ooh, (laughs) does anyone know the answer to this Aaliyah maria brown also asked give up matcha or give up espresso here's the thing i love the taste of espresso but i prefer the effects of matcha 
So, what about decaf? Could I still include decaf in my life? Maybe I'd get, give up as... Uh, yeah, I hate to say it. It's not an easy choice, but I think I'd give up as... I can't even say it. Okay. Juana Meru asked, What are the things that you feel that keep her alive? I'm sure that's referring to my mother. I don't know. It's it's honestly been not enough time that she doesn't feel alive to me. I slipped up the other day and I I went to go call her on my walk and I had to remember that she she's not here anymore. And um my mom was a gift giver, so I have evidence of her everywhere. I mean, it was brutal for a second having her pass right around Easter because that's a holiday that she would give gifts for. So I was having mail arrive to me after she had passed that was from her. And I had a birthday gift from her when I got back home. There was an Easter basket that she mailed to my friend Olivia's that I was staying at in California. There was another package at my house in case I was there. I mean, she's everywhere. So I don't have to do anything to make her feel alive because I'm more having to come to the realization that she's um, dead. Let's all take a breath. Let's um, breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four. All right, everyone. One more, we'll do three. Next question. Paula J. Levy asks, what is your ideal meal? Well, it's summertime, baby, tequila and ceviche. Let's go. Uh, she also asks, what has been your favorite alcoholic drink over the years or my favorite alcoholic drinks over the years? Well, if I'm having Mexican food, obviously like a margarita of some sort. I was drinking rum and Coke, a lot of rum last weekend. I don't know why, like rum punch feels very summery. I also saw on TikTok that if you get Diet Coke with your liquor, that it's somehow... Uh, aids to quicker and more intense uh, drunkness so I had to try that as well uh, yeah I only drank two drinks the night that I had that and I definitely felt it I and I don't think it was placebo I really think that it actually had an impact other I like martinis but it never feels appropriate in the environments that I often find myself in to get a martini and I know that it doesn't really matter but Okay, you're not going to be at your friend's barbecue and just, like, have a martini. That's fucking weird. Uh, but they're really good. I also love Bloody Marys. People give me so much shit for it. Honestly, I think that they just haven't understood yet. They they haven't gotten to that point of life yet. They haven't required, acquired, excuse me, that sort of wisdom yet. Yeah, they don't get it. What's my favorite color? Green. That's from Kaylin Brown 10. Okay, I'll answer this question. Because... I think it's surprising, the answer, and it's not a recommendation, okay? So know the difference between someone answering a question about themselves and someone encouraging someone to do the same. I'm not. Emily Harvey asked, when was the first time you did a psychedelic? I was a junior in high school, but I was 16, so way too young. Underscore Brooklyn Marie asked slash said, I kind of want to uproot my life and move to New York. Any advice and tips? Now, if you had asked this last year, I would have advised you not to do it because 2020 New York was not a New York that I think any 
big dreamer of living in the Big Apple would ever want. And it's such a subpar New York. However, New York is definitely coming back alive and I recommend doing it. Also, rent is kind of on the cheaper side right now, which is almost unheard of for as long as I can remember. So it's kind of a great time. There's a lot of subleases. Any tips? I would say try to live in a busy area your first year just so that you can get accustomed to areas. Also, when you are new to a city, being able to work, walk places is really a great way to get to know the area and meet people. So when I first moved here, I moved to the East Village, which is like a classic starter area. A ton of college kids live there. And then I moved to a neighborhood called Two Bridges, which is right in between Chinatown and the Lower East Side. Also a super easy up, uppity, not uppity, because uppity, doesn't uppity mean kind of waspy? I mean like a very alive pop-in area. And now I live in Crown Heights. And if I moved to Crown Heights, as my first location of New York, I would be so lost and confused. But that's just my personal opinion. If you desire something more residential, check out some of the farther neighborhoods in Brooklyn. But my personal advice is to move somewhere really populated initially. And then once you have your bearings, you can spread out a bit. Janice underscore Huang asks, what are your goals for the summer? Love you and hope you're doing better. Thank you. That's really sweet. My goals for the summer, I want to take two road trips. I want to take one with my friend Kaylee and one with my cousin Morgan. And I really want to go to Montana and Wyoming and Colorado and Utah and Arizona and California. So I want to go out west. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I drive out west with my car, I have to drive back. And I don't know if I really want to do two cross-country road trips. If I want to do it twice. So I need to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, I really would like to go out west. Baja Vika said, define your energy. Okay, this is a demand. She's not even she's not even asking a question. She said, define your energy. Girl, you'll just have to see for yourself one day. It's an experience. Sophia Zuzulas asked, for one beauty tip I wish I had learned sooner. Okay, so if you go to the drugstore, these are the cheapest things in the world and I can't believe I never knew about them. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember where I learned about them, but they are the most incredible things that you can find for your skin. And they're like under $5. They're these exfoliating gloves. Guys, they're insane. You'll, you'll never have softer skin than if you use these cheap gloves. You put them on your hands and then you apply shower gel to your body. And instead of washing your body with your bare hands, you wash your body with these gloves. Guys, absolutely game-changing. And the level of effort required is so minimal. Because you're going to wash your body anyway. You're just washing it with gloves on. Genius. Softest skin ever. And then just apply lotion, moisturizer after, and you're good to go. Guys, your skin, honestly, you're welcome. You are so welcome for that. Oh my god, this is the nicest thing ever. Mia... Debara said that she told her therapist about me and how helpful my content has recently been. I don't know what you're going through, but that is the most rewarding thing anyone in the whole world could ever tell me. You know how it's trendy right now to allude to a lot of people's therapists knowing about you because you're that problematic and that intense and that crazy, whatever. <sighs> Y'all, this girl just told me that her therapist knows about me for positive reasons. That's so much better. Fuck, I don't care about being 
destructive. I just want to stay in my own lane and occasionally help along the way. I think that's just my goal at the moment. Okay, Jessica underscore Kaufman one asked how to deal with the expectations of Hot Girl Summer. First of all, Hot Girl Summer at its core is really just about enjoying yourself. And if that means hanging out at the house with your, your dog, with your parents, whatever, that's hot girl shit. Hot girl shit's doing what you want. And if you don't want yachts and and bikinis and, and loud music and hookups, if that's not your style, that's not your style. So that's not hot girl shit. Do what you want. Courtney with a bunch of Y's C5 asks, what's your best accomplishment? Um, let's refer back to Mia. Dibara telling me that her therapist heard about me for being helpful. Yeah, that's about my biggest accomplishment right now. Allison Weaver, did I answer something else from her? Oh yeah, she asked if, if NYC is really alive. What has been getting you through these past couple weeks? My work and my fitness. <laughs> yeah, yep. Scheduling. Being on a schedule, following a calendar, being very busy has helped me. But I also, like I said, really 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 honor my moments if i'm hysterically crying i allow myself to hysterically cry if i need to go on a sprint i will go on a sprint no matter how stupid i look and if i need to sleep in the middle of the day for hours i'm going to do that if i can okay mil brisu said suburbs versus city pros and cons i would like to go on record and apologize for all the times that I used to confide in my ex-boyfriend. He would egg me on, honestly, about this, about how stupid and annoying and horrible suburbs were. Now that I've spent a lot of time back in my parents' house, circumstantially, having a neighborhood with, like, a pool and, and matching mailboxes and neighbors who care about you is really nice, okay? It's really nice, and I like the space. I love that it's a community. Um... But it's still suburbs, you know, like it's outside of the city. It's a sub-urban area. And specifically where my parents live, it's kind of one of the only, there's only a few suburbs, there's like a handful of them in my county. So it's really easy access to more rural area if that's what I'm desiring. So I like the space, I love a yard. God, having a yard to do whatever, to look at simply if that's all I feel like doing because sometimes I don't even do anything and I just look at it and I'm like that's really nice other times cartwheels that's great laying a towel down and tanning because I have to tan on concrete I have to go up to the roof if that's what I want to do so the space of a suburb the the community but don't get it twisted New York also definitely has community like my neighbors are great here I wish I was more friendly I owe them um, a hang at my house because last time was at their house. But city pros, A, walkability, anything that I would have to go out and drive to in the suburbs, I can probably find in walking distance. Also, architecturally speaking, I prefer like the brownstone look over a lot of cookie cutter homes of suburbs. Other pros, the industry, I like... <laughs> Fashion week doesn't happen in Warrington, Virginia. It happens in New York City. Also, there's so much more just excitement and it's sometimes fun to be wild. Felicity, Felicia M. Prez asked, what are you afraid of? 
I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, well, now that my mom's passed, I'm kind of afraid of dying before I have children. And that's a whole new thing. I never really gave much thought to children. Sometimes I would, I would have a bit of a wave. But as much as I don't really know if I want to bring kids into this world, part of me feels like I'll really, really regret it if I don't. But I would, it takes a village to raise a child. And I said this, one of my guy friends asked me this. We were like, there was three of my friends and we were driving up. We were on a, we were in the car. <laughs> I don't need to give you the whole play by play. But one of them asked if we wanted to have kids. And all of our answers were sort of like, I don't know. And I was like, I would really need the man to convince me. Like, I would need my husband to really be like, I want to be a dad. I want to have kids. Let's, I, wanna, I want you to have my kids. And then I would probably think about it. But I definitely wouldn't be the one egging it on. Like, I would need the, the guy to be way more enthusiastic about it. Yeah. <laughs> so what am I afraid of? Apparently dying without being a mother. Oh, this is so cute. This means you've been following for years. El Abu Gaida said, moon journaling, do you still do it? Oh, okay, so my friend Charlotte and I used to do full moon reflections and sometimes I did new moon intentions. I actually started up back in March again, but I didn't do it any of 2020 and like very little of 2019. It's fun though. It's, it's a really productive thing to do with your time to every like two weeks or so come up with things that you want to do and then two weeks later see if you did them or not and kind of evaluate it's a really healthy thing to do so I'm getting back into it um and I encourage it I totally encourage it oh Ella Snyder said are you going to move to LA soon please Ella you, you want to come back to New York how about that how about you come back you and goddamn Tyra living your lives oh uh, no, I need to be on the East Coast right now, but I'll come visit. I know I already answered this question, but trust me, it's something I think about a lot. Ooh, important. Molly O'Mara said, favorite brand of peanut butter. Honestly, as long as you're getting peanut butter over almond butter, I think you're making a positive decision. Crazy Richards is a good one simply because it has a funny name and my dad buys it. Uh, that's what we have in, in the kitchen right now. But Jif is what I grew up on. Honestly, though, if you eat it now, it kind of tastes like frosting. Oh, God. Frederick A. Fife said, This isn't a question. I just want to say hi. I love you. And thank you for introducing me to the Red Scare. Uh, Red Scare podcast, I mentioned once on YouTube. And I, it was one of those things that I would listen to in private. Because it's like somehow a guilty pleasure. I honestly haven't listened to the podcast in a while. But I did see that Anna had a baby. I didn't even know she was pregnant, so I want all the tea on that. But I guess you're welcome. I feel like we couldn't be farther, like the Venn diagram of my podcast and Red Scare. <laughs> Very little overlap, but kind of funny. I don't know. I honestly feel that the content that I consume is much different than the content I make. <sighs> Oh, Ashley Salmon, how do I tell if I actually like the guy or if I just want him to like me? I think you need to think about what you like about him. 
And that only takes a minute. If you don't have very much to say, besides the fact that he maybe makes you feel good about yourself, you probably just want him to like you. And on to the next. Katie Lewis asked, do you ever have imposter syndrome? If so, give us any tips that you have. I actually have an entire episode called anti-imposter syndrome that you can listen to after this. And I briefly will go over what was said. Self-awareness is huge. You gotta be honest with yourself. We all have skills. And if you're good at something, why can you not admit that? It just admit that you're good at something. And you don't need to be the best at it. There are people that are very mediocre, medium intelligence, medium attractiveness, medium charm, medium <laughs> amount of charm that are doing really, really great things for themselves. And you're probably better than them at a lot of things. And all it takes is putting forth the effort of doing whatever it is that you want to do. A lot of it isn't even natural talent. Like hard work is not a talent. Anyone can do it. It's available to anyone. So look at your skill set and move forth with it. It's not that big of a deal. It's really not that big of a deal. Pursuing something that you're good at, do it. I just think self-awareness and being able to examine the things that you're bad at and the things that you're good at and then looking at the things that you're good at and pursuing them should not be such an overwhelming experience. I We just love to make our lives more difficult on ourselves. We love to just think and think and think and think and doubt and doubt and doubt and doubt and exhaust ourselves so we do nothing. Don't think about it too hard. Go for it. Hi, editing Lexi popping in for an additional thought. Even if you're not good at something, is it really a problem to just do something? I don't know if it's really possible to be an imposter simply for trying something. Tessa Bandoviers said, what's the most expensive thing you want to buy one day? Not like a house though. What about a car? Can I say a convertible? I want an early 2000s BMW convertible. Uh, white or black I thought it needed to be white but honestly black I've been seeing a lot of them around the city and they're really cute and I would love to have that one day but if car doesn't count god those are the expensive things I want I don't know um because it's not like there's a particular designer clothing piece that I'm drooling over um I'm sticking it to the man I want to get the car that's the thing any summer book recs God, no, I haven't read anything that good lately. All of the last few books that I've read have been eh. I'm currently reading The, the Defining Decade. I know a bunch of you have read that because when I posted it on my story, I got a lot of responses being like, ugh, this book stressed me out. Ugh, this book taught me a ton. Or people asking what I thought of it. I'm through the first two parts. There's three components to the book. They talk about work in your 20s, love in your 20s, and then the last part is your brain and your habits or something along the lines of that. I haven't started yet, so I don't know what it's called. Something along that. And in terms of work, I did learn a little bit about it. I feel like I'm on a good track with my career though. I really do. And then for love, I honestly did learn a good bit about that because the main overarching message was that a lot of us in our 20s believe that we can plan out our career, but love is something that's just supposed to fall into our lap. It's not something that we can idealize. It's not something that we can actually make progress in. It just ha it just happens, you know? And, and the author, Dr. Meg, whatever her last name is, was making the point, no, you can have things that you want, 
and you can have conversations with people to make sure you're moving in a direction that serves you because choosing a partner in this life is a really big deal. Borderline more important than what you do with your career, who you live your life with and potentially make a family with. And I was like, I probably needed to hear that. I needed that little reminder because it's true. I just don't prioritize relationships or I'm not at all. And it's like, if I have a little fling, it's fun, but I'm not thinking too hard about it. And then I move on. Um, so it's nice to know that like, maybe don't do that. So yeah, maybe that's a summer read. What else is on my list next? Why don't we take a little trip? Because we're getting towards the end of the podcast anyway. So the audio shifts. All of you guys are the real ones anyway. So you'll be fine. We're now in my bedroom. Okay, so I have two stacks of books in my bedroom. We have the stack of books that I've read and the stack of books that are on the list to read. And on my list of books to read, like I have The Uninhabitable Earth, which is a book on climate change. That's not a fun summer read. Then I have Too Much and Never Enough by Marielle Trump. And it's all about how Trump became Donald Trump. That's not going to be a fun read. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the other ones. Okay, let's go to the the little library that we have in this corner of the apartment and see if there's any summer reads. My go-to recommendation is always Eve Babbitt's. That's my bitch. I love her. Read Black Swans if you haven't already. She's an LA socialite. Um, I have some Ernest Hemingway that I want to read only because I watched his PBS special. And he's kind of horrible, but a really good writer. God, why can't I just give a normal summer book recommendation? Why don't I have something romantic (laughs) is not what everyone wants in the summer like a summer romance book I don't have that I don't I don't have that oh my god I either have (sighs) I'm really looking why don't I have like a normal 25 year old girl book I don't know I'm I can't help you I tried but I didn't fail. I mean, but I did fail. And we're back. Back to the living room. I may have failed you in that last question, but let's get a final one. I'm going to refresh so we get all the new questions and there's more people getting a fair chance because sometimes I do get quick with it because you guys are so quick when I say quick questions for the pod sometimes the first 50 are like who gets answered so it's like if you asked a question in the first 10 minutes you'll probably have a higher chance of of getting your question answered but it's been up for almost an hour now (sighs) oh hi you want to say hi to the pod hello pod (laughs) all right i'll talk to you later bye okay well little brief guest little john parvin moment everyone go follow his instagram he's an incredible photographer just type in john x parvin on instagram and the final question real down to mars girl okay outcast said what music makes you feel the most confident um i listen to almost exclusively frank ocean at the moment but Sour, I'm loving this cyclical moment because we started the Q&A talking about sour and we're going to end it talking about sour. I hope you guys don't have a sour day. I hope you have a sweet day. I hope you have a good week. 
I hope that you're doing good things for yourself and I hope that good things come your way. I love you all so much and thank you for spending this time with me. I will see you in the next episode. XOXO, Lexi. Things have been difficult for many of us, but with Cerebral, high-quality mental health care is accessible and affordable. Cerebral provides therapy, counseling, coaching, and medication management all online, so you can get mental health care from the comfort of your own home. For listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month at Cerebral.com wellness. Again, that's Cerebral.com wellness for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral's mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.